About five years ago, the Lord has placed me and my wife, Rose, along with my core of leaders to take the helm of servant leadership of Lighthouse Christian Community as our dear beloved Pastor Albert and Sister Barbara Clavo transitioned into their new season of life. And when we sought the presence of God, the Lord gave us these three words, rebuild, renew, restore. This is taken from Isaiah 61. If you go downstairs, bago kayo umakyat ng stairs, nandun pa rin po yung tarpaulin na yun. It's been there for almost five years now. Kupas na po siya. But I deliberately asked our staff to never take it out. So that Lighthouse will always be reminded that that is the heart of the Lord. The Lord is the restorer, rebuilder, renewer of His call upon His people. And the Lord has promised us five years ago that our strength will equal our days because He is the supplier of that strength. And should we fall and should we falter underneath our, the everlasting arms? That is not about our strength. It's not about our intellect. It's about the glory of God that is now going to flow in and through the children of the Lord. For almost five years now, we have seen the rebuilding, the renewing, the restoring of countless lives. Even when we had to go through the darkest of days of this pandemic. The Lord has shown us He's a God that restores and rebuilds and renews. So come 2020, three months before the lockdown of the entire planet, the Lord has cast us a vision. Exactly this tarpaulin here, it's been there for almost four years now. The Lord has declared unto us again from Isaiah 61 that we are oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. And we give glory to the Lord for that because when we went through the darkest days of the pandemic, when deaths were happening left and right, we stood still, not because of our strength, not because of our power, but because God is the one that sustains His people because He is raising a people for the display of of his glory and his splendor we are seeing this unfolding before our eyes give glory to the Lord mga kaibigan and come 2021 we were still in the thick of the pandemic the church was still closed this church become, became a dormitory of the displaced medical workers doctors and nurses were the ones being housed in our sanctuary because by then they were suffering from the stigma of of going back to their communities the lahat pinagdududahan sila might be bit na covid and the lord spoke to us again that in times like this, the calling of the Lord is for the restoration of the core. C-O-R-E. If we are going to survive and thrive and take hold of the vision of the Lord, when the world goes through cataclysms like we went through, it is to go back to our core. Letter C, the centrality of the word. Letter O, to experience the overflow of the Holy Spirit. To experience and exhibit the resilience of the saints. And to always put it in front of us that it's always about the expansion of the kingdom core. And because of that, even while the rest of the world reeled in fear, 
and we languished in the grieving of so many countless lives that we lost, even right here in our community, our core remained unshaken. And the Lord proved himself true. Came last year, 2022, the world was waking up to the post-pandemic era. The world was now waking up to the truth that by God's grace, the spread of the virus was now being abated. Herd immunity was now being achieved. People started walking more freely in the malls. And the Lord told us last year, He was going to take us into this road to wholeness. And the calling of the Lord is given unto us in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. He remains to be one. He remains to be whole. And because we have a God who is whole, we as his body, we will remain whole in him forever and ever. Amen. And so, the Lord gave us that word. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart lebab in greek in hebrew with all your soul nefesh with all your strength meod in our own common translation we shall love the lord your god with our head with our heart with our hand to know jesus to love jesus to obey jesus one without the other two, or two without the other one, we will be incomplete. But with these three fusing together, head, heart, hand, mind, heart, strength, the Lord is truly raising amongst us a people who are whole. And this year, the Lord is giving us again a renewed vision in consonance sa pagkakadugtong-dugtong sa mga pangitain kanyang ibinigay na sa atin for the last four years and now is our fifth year of being together. The vision for 2023 is this. Now we know the Lord is making us whole. The Lord has made us whole. To impact this part of eternity, for what reason? For the saving of many lives. Today we're going to go back again to the second part of that vision that we have cast last Sunday. Out of reverence for God's word, let us all rise. Open now your Bibles once again to the text that we read last Sunday in Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50, the last chapter of the very first book of the Bible. Let's start our reading from verse 15. Genesis 50 verse 15. Let's read this out loud together. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? And so they sent the word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. Now when their message came to him, Joseph wept. 
His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Read this out loud together. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. Shout this out. The saving of many lives. To God be the glory forever and ever. Father, would you now add blessings to the reading and now the preaching of your word. Your servants, your children are listening. Speak to us now, Holy Spirit, in ways only you can. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone will shout, Amen. As you give glory, upo tayo lahat. Palakpakan natin si Lord, mga kapatid. So last Sunday, we gave the context to the reading that we just went through. Joseph was a man readied by the Lord to make impact. Joseph was made whole by God. He went through so much brokenness in his life. And we reason that in all those broken moments, God was taking Joseph to this season when he would be able to identify the core of his soul, his kardia, ang kanyang kabuuan, ang, kanyang, ang buod ng kanyang pagkatao. And we said last Sunday that it is your core that will establish you, that will stabilize you when all else are shaking. When you are standing in seemingly sifting sands, you mayanig ang mundo, but if your core is clear and your core is identified, you'll be able to transcend the anvils of life. And that's the second point that we spoke about last Sunday. That the role that we have as a people is to be able to be mindful of the anvils. That we just don't allow these tragic events, the seemingly heartbreaking events of our lives to just happen unto us and not for us to take time to wring out, to squeeze every lesson that God is wanting us to get from this. Realize, we realized last Sunday that anvils are moments when God is shaping us and molding us and taking out the dross in us. Placing his finger right in that rawest nerve of your character flaw. Because God, if he wants to drill a man and skill a man and use a man, you watch his methods, you watch his ways. How he skillfully undertakes that job likened to a shopsmith, a blacksmith. So that in the end, we come out of the anvils a sharpened, molded, yielded people unto God. Joseph went through his anvils in life, but what sustained him through? He perceived and he pursued God's presence in all those episodes. Even when he was a slave, the Lord was with him. Even when he was in the house of Potiphar, the Lord was with him. Even when he was wrongly accused and thrown to prison, the text would say, the Lord was with him. And it was in his deepest, darkest times that he was able to activate his calling as a dream interpreter. He was able to help out of, her, of his sheer compassion to the dejection that he saw in the eyes of the butler and the chief baker. He ministered unto them, but he was willing, he was courageous to speak both the convenient and the inconvenient truth. 
The chief cupbearer, he said, you will be restored in three days to your lofty place in the palace. But to the baker, he said, in three days, you will have been found guilty and off your head will go. Convenient and inconvenient truth. And Joseph now realized it was in preparation for him to be able to capture divine setups. So that when the Pharaoh had a dream of those initiated cows eating up the fattened cows, when he dreamt of that initiated vines consuming the healthy vines, Joseph captured that divine setup to speak both the convenient and the inconvenient truth. Convenient truth, there will be seven years of plenty. Inconvenient truth, there will be seven years of famine right after. If you will not prepare during your times of plenty, you will not survive. And in all of these, Joseph trusted in God's providence. And soon enough, when he woke up one day, he was in the pit of prison. Before lunchtime, he was already pronounced as Chafinat Paneach. God lives and he speaks. And he became the prime minister of that great civilization. Turn out your Bibles to Genesis chapter 41. Now that Joseph was now the prime minister, let's now go to Genesis 41. Towards the end, in verse 46, it records that Joseph was now 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Go down to verse 49. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Wow! Pag dumating ka sa puntong, hindi mo na chinecheck yung balance ng ATM mo dahil uh, tinatawagan ka na ng Union Bank dahil sobra-sobra na ang pera mo sa Union Bank. I-bless mo nga yung katabi mo, sabihin mo, mangyari na wa sa'yo, kaibigan. The abundance of blessings, right? Wow! But look at this. Joseph was now 30 years old. When he was betrayed by his brothers and thrown into the pit, he was 17 years old. It's been 13 years now. Know this, my friends. Sometimes the unfolding of God's calling in your life and the coming, the putting together of this beautiful tapestry that God is weaving for us, it does not happen overnight. 13 years were what it took for Joseph's character to truly be honed and shaped and truly identified. Now, verse 50 would say that before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. And Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. Manasseh in Hebrew means it is because God has made me forget my trouble and all my father's household. It's bittersweet name. Pinabayaan ng Diyos na makalimutan ko ang kasawihan ng aking buhay. Pero ganun din ang pait na para na rin kinalimutan ko na ang aking pinanggalingan. Manasseh. 
And then the second born, he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Here's my first thought to you, mga kapatid. If you're going to impact this part of eternity and truly be in the hand of this master swordsmith that is now hammering us in the anvils of life, we should be sensitive to these new seasons of rebuilding and re restoring and renewing. The Lord is the one that's causing us to forget all our troubles. Because if we are a people na palagi tayong nakadwell on the past, if we're always looking back and always reliving the pains and the hurts of the people that people cost unto you, you will never be able to rebuild, restore, and renew. Would you agree, mga kapatid? Kung palagi kang lumilingon sa mga taong nangapi sa'yo, the people that maltreated you, mistreated you, you didn't deserve their cruelty, but somehow you became a target. Somehow you became their fascination, their fixation. But if you're going to build an impact, to create an impact in this part of eternity, recognize that God, in one instant, God can turn around things and God can usher you into seasons when you can now forget all your troubles. Another thought is this, that you should honor the Lord. To honor the Lord that causes us to be oaks of righteousness. That even in the land of our sufferings, we can still be fruitful. That even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of the uncertainties, even in the midst of seemingly unanswered questions, because there will be questions in life that will remain unanswered. Only then when we, say, when we see the Lord face to face, will we have the proper theology, the perfect theology. But until then, we go into this life by faith. Just securing our faith that even when we don't understand, even when we don't see, God has already given us a substance of the things that we have been hoping for. But in all of these, give glory unto God, for you have been made as oaks of righteousness. Akbayan yung katabimi, katabimi mo, oaks of righteousness. I love that. So every time you see this tarpaulin here, I hope you get reminded of that thought. And so it seemed that everything was okay in Joseph's life. He was already the prime minister. He was already dining with the Pharaoh. He was already with the high and mighty of the Egyptian civilization, the greatest civilization during the time. Everything was okay. He was now a husband, a beautiful woman. He was now a father to two healthy children. Everything seemed okay. But you see this, my friend, when life is easy, not the man be extra cautious, but be sensitive because the Lord knows what we call the agony of affluence. That when life becomes affluent and when life becomes comfortable, we tend to slide back, we tend to be complacent, we tend to be taking things for granted. Our antenna, our spiritual antennas were so high and sensitive when we were going through the tough times of life. But if the Lord is going to impact you, impact. If the Lord is going to use you for the saving of many lives, this continuous learning process, the, Chinese, the Japanese would call it Kaizen, this continuous improvement will never stop. Because in the comforts of his life, it was now more than seven years. 
Egypt was able to store so much grain and now the famine has begun and everything was settled because Joseph prepared for it. Then all of a sudden, when the people started trooping toward Egypt to get the ration from Pharaoh's storehouses, all of a sudden, Joseph saw a band of Hebrews and in one instant he realized and recognized those were his brothers. His brothers who for about 20 years now because from the time he was thrown to the pit until the time he was taken to the palace 13 years, 7 years of plenty 20 years, it's been 20 years now nawala siyang balita sa kanyang pamilya akala niya nakalimutan niya then all of a sudden his brothers were there lining up waiting for their turn to be issued the ration of grains ano ang gagawin mo? Kung umikot na ang kapalaran, ang dating ng api sayo ay nasa kamay mo na para sila ay maparusahan. Tanungin mo ang katabi mo. Ano ang gagawin mo? Panahon na ng paghihiganti. Panahon na ng pagresbak. Panahon na na ating will now turn the tables. The tides already have turned. We were once the oppressed. Now we are on the high and mighty positions. What would you do? Oh, Joseph recognized his brothers. But they did not recognize him. Twenty years can do so much in the countenance of a person. By this time, alaga na si Joseph ng belo ng Egypt, mga kaibigan. He was the prime minister. He was now probably bathing in milk every night with all the moisturizer and all the uh, skin toners. While his brothers were now kulubot because of the intense heat of the Canaan area. So they did not recognize. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, Oh, you are spies? Moment of confrontation. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. No, my Lord, they answered. Your servants have come to buy food. We are all the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men, not spies. Honest talagang tumataas ng kilay ni Joseph, mga kaibigan. But Joseph said, no. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, All your servants were twelve brothers. Ang puso ni Joseph was now racing. The sons of one man who lives in the land of Canaan. Present tense, Buhay pa ang aking tatay. Twenty years nang walang balita. The son of one man who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father. And one is no more. How would you have felt if you were Joseph? And Joseph probably in the surge of passion, he said to them, It is just as I told you, you are spies. Now I don't know if it was being given out of anger, out of testing, out of just sheer machinations or scheming. But began a moment for Joseph once again to identify his core. What would you do? What would you give? Hatred or mercy? Vengeance or grace? Violence or wisdom? 
Because the truth test, mga kaibigan, is when you, will, when you withhold the power, when you can easily inflict pain to others, it's a true test of one's core. It must have been a defining moment for Joseph. Anong gagawin ko sa sampung ito na naging dahilan ng aking pagdurusa for the last 20 years? I don't know what have happened, what has happened to my mom. Now I know that my dad is still alive, but no mention about Mama Rachel. Is she still alive? And maybe all the floods of emotions. Now it is now the core of Joseph that's being shaken. What would he do? What would you do when you know how the power to inflict pain? When you know how the power to command in one word? You remember Pharaoh? Pharaoh already gave Joseph the blanket authority. Not one thing shall move in Egypt except by your word. That's how powerful Joseph was. Siguro kung trip lang ni Joseph to say, I don't want to see them. Kill them all. And it would have happened so just as easily. But there's something in Joseph's core that was now different. All those years of pains and all of those years of God manifesting His presence, even in His lowest, darkest times, it must have done something in the core values, in the core of Joseph's personhood. And because he heard about the younger brother, Joseph now said, If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take the grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me so that your words may be verified and that you may not die. Maybe it was just a test. Or maybe Joseph was now, shall I reveal myself to them? Or he was trying to surface something from his brother's souls. And Joseph was there standing in front of his brothers. And the ten brothers were now nagugulumihanan. What do we do? What do we do? And they started speaking to one another in front of Joseph. They said to one another, In truth, we are guilty concerning our brother. They're, they're talking about Joseph now. In that we saw the distress of his soul. When he begged us and we did not listen. This is why this distress has come upon us. And Reuben, one of the older brothers said, Did I not tell you not to sin against the boy, but you did not listen? Now there comes a reckoning for his blood. It's been now 20 years. The guilt that these 10 brothers had been carrying in their souls, 20 years were not enough or were not long enough to assuage that guilt. Kaibigan, kung meron kang guilt na binibitbit sa yung kaluluwa, don't, wag mong lolokohin ang sarili mo. Don't fool yourself that just because time has passed, that guilt somehow will abate, that guilt somehow will now be more tapered down. Guilt will always be there. The offense that's still unconfessed and unforgiven will haunt you. I have seen that as a pastor. I have been in the bedside of dying people more than what I could count. Many times when the believer, when the dying person is a believer, it would be a blissful passing on to the next life. But I have been in several occasions when the dying person is an unbeliever. That after the very last breath of his or her life, it's a struggle. It's a pain 
And they would shout and they would curse at the names of the people that have hurt them. And so I would be there to just usher them to forgive and to let go. 20 years, 40 years, my friend, if you have that guilt in your heart, it's not enough. God is the only one that can give you a clean slate. Take that, mga kaibigan. If you're going to impact this side of eternity, allow the Lord to confront whatever it is that you've been carrying in your soul. To stop fooling ourselves that everything is okay just because everything has been quiet. God is a God of eternity and 20 years is just a drop in the bucket. Agree? Ang isang dalawampung taon, kahit isang daong taon yan, it's a drop in the pocket. God recognizes and God sees your sins. And as they converse to one another, oh, they didn't know that Joseph understood them. They were there, talking in, talking in Hebrew. They thought the Egyptian would not understand them. But Joseph understood every word. But they did not know that for there was an interpreter between them. And in that surge of emotion, Joseph turned away from them and wept. you mind your anvils. Because no matter how high and mighty you have become, No matter how distant you have already reached, no matter how much distance you have already reached in this life, God will every so often in the many seasons of your life subject you to the many anvils. And for Joseph now, it is the anvil of pain. And you see, my friend, I realize that pains can shore up our heart's deepest issues. And we have heard this many times, let me rephrase this, we can either be bettered or be bittered by them, it's our choice. And Joseph was there, still very much disoriented. Anong gagawin ko? Nandito na ang aking pagkakataong makapaghiganti. But Joseph at this time, I believe, he has learned to entrust to God his cries for justice. And that is God's message to all of us. Before we learn and before we pray to impact so much part of this eternity that God has entrusted unto us, we must learn to entrust unto Him even our deepest cries for justice. But Lord, gusto kong bumigwas eh. And the Lord says, allow me to do that because vengeance is mine. I read this many years ago that injustice is only as powerful as your memory of it. That when you are always rehashing the injustices, the unfairness of life that people dealt you with, it becomes even powerful in the passage of time. But when you learn to yield it unto God and to recognize these are anvils where God is wanting to shape me into becoming more and more into the image of His Son, then you become yielded unto God. And in that anvil moment or out of that anvil moment, you emerge as a better person. And so the story continues by saying, Okay, ganito na lang. Uwi kayo, mag-iwan kayo dito ng isa, and that was Simeon. Kumbinsin nyo ang inyong tatay na ipadala sa akin dito ang inyong bunsong kapatid. And the story would now tell us that Jacob would not let go of Benjamin. No! Jacob would say, if something happens to this youngest son of mine, I will grow down to the grave as a miserable person. So it took time. 
Because as the famine persisted and the food that they got from Egypt was now being consumed and they had nothing more to eat, that was the only time that Jacob said, Okay, okay, kaysa naman mamatay tayong nagugutom. Go, go, go now to that man in Egypt. But make sure that nothing happens to my Benjamin. And Judah swore. He said, Ako na ang paprosahan ng Diyos. Sumpain na ang aking mga anak. Patayin na ang aking mga anak kung merong masamang mangyayari sa inyong anak na si Benjamin. And finally, Joseph lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son. And he said in that tender moment, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? Oh God, be gracious to you, my son. Joseph hurried out for his compassion grew warm for his brother and he sought a place to weep and he entered his chamber and wept there. These are heart-wrenching times for Joseph. But then he had to face the brothers. What would he do now? So, nagilamo siguro si Joseph. Pinakain niya ang kanyang mga kapatid. Pero sabi sa Bible, Kung merong one piece yung sampung kapatid, five pieces ang kay Benjamin. Five times. But maybe Joseph started thinking. Maybe Joseph started wondering, ano kaya ang buhay ni Benjamin sa kamay ng aking sampung mga kapatid? If they did to me this cruel thing some 20 years back, I wonder how they're treating my brother. So maybe Joseph started concocting a scheme. How would I retain my brother here? How would I be able to arrange a scheme where my brother will be in the safety of my protection? And so, as they went, Joseph devised a scheme na dun sa sako ni Benjamin, pinalagay niya ang kanyang cup. And so when the guards caught up with them and they found that the cup of the king was in the sack of Benjamin, sabi ng mga gwardiya, Huli ka, Balbon! You have stolen from the king and therefore you will be a slave in the palace of the king. And Benjamin was clueless. I didn't do that, mga kuya. And the kuyas were like, wala din magagawa. Eh, nahanap sa sako mo yung nawawalang kupeta ng hari. And so now, the brothers were an extreme dilemma because they promised Father Jacob that they would make sure that nothing would happen to Benjamin. And so they went to Joseph and they appealed before Joseph. Still, they didn't recognize who Joseph was. He said, Now, if the boy is not with us when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, and sees that the boy is not there, he will die, and your servants will bring the gray head of our fathers, of our father, down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father I said if I do not bring him back to you I will bear the blame before you my father all my life and all of a sudden Judah one again the fourth brother Judah said now therefore please let your servant ako na lang ako na lang wak lang yung bunsong kapatid let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant to my lord let the boy go back with his brothers for how I can how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me I fear to see the evil that would that would find my father and Joseph must have been relieved 
something must have happened already in the core of his brothers. If 20 years back his brothers were more than willing to kick him out and throw him away and disown him and dissociate themselves from him, today it's a different story. They were now willing to be the slaves in the place of Benjamin. Oh, my friends, anvil moments separate those who truly care from those who are merely fair-weather friends. Ang mga anvil moments sa pagdadaanan mo, ang magiging defining moment kung sino nga ba ang tunay mong kaibigan or kung sino yung mga kaibigan during good times only. And tests are necessary if only to surface what is truly in a person's soul. Simeon's heart was exposed. Judah's heart was now exposed. He was willing to die for Benjamin. And you know what, my friends? Selflessness is a good measure of a person who can be trusted. And Joseph was now in this moment. He could not believe what he was hearing. Really? You're willing to do that for your half-brother? And Joseph could not control himself anymore before all of those who stood by him. And he cried, kasi siyempre marami siyang alala, he was the prime minister. Lahat, labas, lahat, labas, make everyone go out for me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud. Oh, the release of those pent-up emotions. 20 years of hiding those emotions in his heart. He wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brother, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? And his brothers could not speak a word, the Bible says. And it was now Joseph that was taking the initiative. Joseph said to his brothers, Come, come close to me. And when they had done, he said, I am your brother, Joseph. The one you sold into Egypt. And now, look at this. Do not be distressed. And do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God has sent me ahead of you. Core values are changed. Core values are surfaced when you have been through the toughest of anvil moments. And Joseph continued by saying, for the famine, and I say this, Perceive and pursue God's presence. But let me read this verse. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. Verse 7. Can you read this out loud with me, please? And God sent me here, sent me before you, to preserve for you a remnant on earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. My friends, if you're going to make an impact in this part of eternity, perceive and pursue God's presence. The core values of Joseph are now different. Instead of throwing the blame, instead of exacting vengeance, of inflicting pain to those people that had cruelly maltreated him, he was now saying, Kasalit sa plano ng Diyos. Alam ko, pinilit niyo akong saktan. 
Pero ang Diyos ang may layunin kung bakit ako nauna sa inyo. Ang Diyos ang nagpadala sa akin sa bansang Egypto dahil alam ng Diyos darating ang tagutom at kung hindi ako nauna sa inyo, walang makakasurvive sa ating salinlahi. My friends, your life will never be the same when you perceive and pursue God's presence and when there's a song in church that says, because you know that God is too wise to be mistaken. That God is too good to be unkind. That when you don't understand, when you can't trace, when you don't see His plan, even when you can't trace His hand, you can trust His heart. It was only when Joseph came to terms with God's bigger plans that the doors of forgiveness were opened. Palagi mong bibit-bitin ang ngit-ngit sa mga taong nakasakit sa'yo. Kung ang focus mo lang sa buhay ay patungkol sa'yo. Patungkol sa hapding dinanas mo. Patungkol sa kabihang inyong dinanas sa kamay ng mga taong naging malupit sa'yo. Pero kung titingnan natin ang kabuoang plano ng Diyos, the bigger plans of God, how God has orchestrated all of these things, and yes, even your pains, even your anvil moments, even the seemingly tragic events, they are part of God's plans. Now you can bow in worship and you can release by grace the forgiveness that by your own you cannot do but by his grace you can always be the most forgiving person because you yourself have been forgiven oh come on give your praise mga kaibigan and when the presence of God occupies your thoughts our perception of life's anvils changes now you don't resent the pain. Now you don't resent the challenges. Now you don't resent the anvils. Now you say, it's a privilege, Lord, na pinagdaanan ko ang mga hapdi ng buhay nito. It's a privilege, Lord, na sa gitna ng mga unos ng buhay na bumayo sa aking pamilya, nung inisip kong wala na akong bukas na matutunghayan, when I just thought that there was not going to be another tomorrow, the Lord was carrying us. There's a song popularized during my era that says, if he carried the world upon his shoulders, I know, my brother, that he will carry you. I have asked Pastor Rom Kinones to sing this song. If you watch the movie Joseph the Dreamer, Exactly in this part of the play, this song is sung. The song that says that there's no problem too big that God cannot solve it. And there's no mountain too tall that God cannot move it. And maybe this is the message of the Lord for everyone that has come today. Our time is short. But we realize when the Lord takes us through the anvils, He's accomplishing something. And may this song speak to you. There is no problem to be 
for Pastor Rom Quinones, mga kaibigan. That's the comfort that we have. When we have identified our core and we have been mindful of the anvils that God takes us through, uh, we will always perceive and pursue the presence of God. Let me take this home now. So Genesis 45 now records... That after revealing himself to his brothers, Joseph said, Hurry up, go now to my father, say to him, Thus says your son, Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. 
Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen. You shall be near me. You and your children, and your children's children, and your flocks, and your herds, and all that you have. And there I will provide for you. For there are yet five years of famine to come. And that you and your household and all that you have did not come to poverty. It must have been the most joyful day for Jacob. That after 20 years of believing that he lost his Joseph, now the news came to him that he was very much alive. And in that moment of reunion, as soon as Joseph appeared before Jacob, oh, he threw his arm around his father and wept for a long, long time. Ang sarap ng mga kwento na palaging glorious ang ending na po mga kapatid. Na kahit gano'ng katagal ang mga taon ng iyong pagtangis, kahit gano'ng katagal ang mga panahong ininda mo ang kabasagan ng iyong kaluluwa, pero pinakita naman siya ng Diyos na merong happy ending. Nang landing mo nito, mapap- makakasama mo ang mga mahal mo sa buhay. Oh my friend, this is the glorious hope that we have. And Joseph now started to activate his calling in life. He just knew he was saved by God. He was sent by God ahead of his family for the saving of many lives. So yielded hearts, my friends, are really God's repositories of divine assignments. Nakita ni Lord ang puso ni Joseph ay handang tumanggap ng mga ipapagawa sa kanya ng Diyos. And so, he was able to overcome the power of darkness by walking in the light of God's calling for his life. And this is God's word for all of us. Kung palagi lang natin titingnan ang ating sariling comfort, the injustices that were done unto us, or we will always be in darkness, but activate that call. Ano ang pinapagawa sa iyo ng Diyos? Bakit mo pinagdaanan ang mga pinagdaanan mo? Why did you have to go through the things that you had to go through? Then you know, you God has entrusted unto you. You are now a repository. Ikaw ang nilalagakan ng Panginoon ng mga assignments na ikaw lamang at tanging ikaw lamang ang makagagawa. And David started being the manager and the leader that he was. He gathered his brothers to his household, to his father's household, and he said, I will go up and speak to Pharaoh. And I will say to him, My brothers and my father's household who were living in the land of Canaan have come to me. The men are shepherds. They tend livestock. They have brought along their flocks and herds and everything they own. So Joseph was now giving his brothers a foresight. Ano mangyayari sa mga parating na araw? And Joseph was starting to coach his brothers. Joseph says, And when Pharaoh calls you, pag pinatawag ka na, at nagtanong ang Pharaoh, Anong mga kagalingan ninyo? What is your skill? What are your skills? What is your occupation? You should answer, All your servants have tended livestock from our boyhood on, just as our fathers did. And Joseph said, Then you will be allowed to settle in the region of Goshen, for all the shepherds are detestable to the Egyptian. Pagdating nyo sa Egypt, bibigyan kayo ng sarili nyong lupain. Para lamang hindi kayo makikihalubilo sa mga Egyptians. You will be preserved still in your culture, in your uniqueness. And then one day, the Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. 
Settle your father and your brothers in the best of the land. Let them settle in the land of Goshen. And if you know any able men among them, put them in charge of my livestock. Isipin yun. Galing sa Canaan, in the land of famine, David or Joseph was able to set up his brothers to be the caretakers of the livestock of the Pharaoh. Ibig sabihin, sa gitna ng kagutuman, walang tagutum na darating sa pamamahay ni Jacob. Mga kaibigan, if you like to receive the impact of the Lord, learn to capture divine setups. Si Lord lamang ang pwede makagawa nun, mga kaibigan. Waves? Oh, we cannot manufacture waves. Yung mga alun sa dagat, we cannot manufacture them. All we can do is to ride on its crest. So when the Lord opens doors for us, what God expects us to do for our role is to step into that calling, into that territory in the fullness of faith. I-capture mo lang yung divine setup na yun at makikita mo, kaya pala pinagdaanan ko yun. Because the Lord is now setting me up for greater things to accomplish in my life. As a matter of fact, Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals, return to the land of Canaan, and bring your father and your families back to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you can enjoy the fat of the land. Sinong naniniwala ang pagpapala ng Diyos ay umaapaw sa mga anak ng Diyos kahit sa gitna ng kagutuman? Come on, give your praise. Yan ang vision ni Lord sa atin mga kapatid. To capture divine setups. Jacob lived in the land of Egypt for 17 more years. He went there at age 130 years old. He died at the ripe age of 147 years old. Those must have been glorious moments for the whole family. 17 years to reconnect. 17 years to renew their vows and their covenant with God. But finally, Jacob died. And when Jacob died, and they buried Jacob in the land that he requested where he should be buried, may twist na naman ang kwento. Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead. And they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs that we did unto him? Now this has been 27 years already. This has been after so many times that Joseph has proven unto them that he would love on them, that he would provide for them. But after so many years, they were still doubting the sincerity of Joseph. Ngayong patay na ang ating tatay, paano kung ito na yung pagkakataon? Nabibigwasan na tayo ni Joseph. Siguro hindi niya tayo mabigwasan before dahil nandito ang tatay natin. You see, people who are impure in their thoughts, kahit ano pang grasya ng Diyos ang dumating sa buhay niya, paragi pa rin nag-iisip ng pagdududa sa kabutihan ng ibang tao. Ang mga taong palaging may tamang duda, kahit ang lahat ng intensyong mabubuti mo, pagdududahan pa rin nila. It's up to you now. If you have identified your core, if you have minded your anvils, if you have perceived and pursued God's presence, if you have now activated the call of the Lord in your life, if you have now captured the divine setups, oh my friends, you can be like Joseph when he said, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, 
But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. Hindi nyo pa rin ba nakikita? Lahat ng nangyari ay pinahintulutan ng Diyos na mangyari. Dahil alam niya, darating ang panahong to. At tayo bilang pamilya niya ang gagamitin niya sa kaligtasan ng maraming buhay. Why? Because thousands of years later. Come on, give praise to the Lord, mga kaibigan. Because thousands and thousands of years later, Jesus Christ would be birthed through the tribe and the lineage of the tribe of Judah. And that's why the Lord wanted them to trust God's providence. Mga kaibigan, even when Joseph was dying, he made one request. Sabi niya, alam kong maganda ang buhay natin dito sa Egypt, but promise me one thing. Bring me to the land that has been promised to our forefathers. Carry out my bones up from this place. Joseph knew na kahit maganda na ang kalagayan niya sa Egypt, Egypt was still Egypt. It was not the promised land. This is a good message for us to, to end today's message, mga kapatid. Kahit gaano kakomportable ang buhay natin dito sa Lighthouse, this is not the reason why God saved us. Yes, meron tayong bagong kisame. Praise God. Yes, meron tayong bagong elevator. Praise God. Few weeks from now, by God's grace, we will have a new LED wall to grace us in our Sunday services. God will grant that, ladies and gentlemen. More and more companies are asking me, ano pa ang kailangan ng lighthouse pastor? And I said, kailangan namin ng mga sasakyan. And one senior vice president said, noted pastor, noted. Wedding darating ang panahon. The Lord will just flow into lighthouse His massive resources. But get this, my friend. Our comfort here is not the main thing. Our destination is heaven because we are meant to be with Jesus forever and ever. And one day when Jesus returns and we will have been resurrected, our ultimate destiny is to be resurrected bodies in the new heaven and the new earth when the old is gone and the new has come, when there will be no more tears. But until then, trust God's providence. Only in doing so shall we be able to impact the lives of so many people for the glory of God forever and ever. Letter I, pakibasa, identify your core. Letter M, letter P, letter A, letter C, and letter T, trust God's providence. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, to wind this down, to wind this down. I'd like to call on for a brief testimony, one of our elders and the soon incoming head of the Lighthouse Men of Action Ministry. Please welcome Brother R.J. Nofuente. Thank you, everyone. Hindi po ito song number. I'll be sharing my testimony. On short notice, Pastor Joe asked me to share my testimony and kind of related to Joseph. My name po is Brother R.J. Nofuente and 
Right there is my wife, who's also here. I'd like to show you. That's Josan. Uh, our kids are, are at home, uh, Santi and Celine. Um, and Pastor Joe mentioned, you know, to kind of relate my testimony to Joseph. So let me just share three similarities that Joseph and I had. Okay, first off, Joseph is, I would say, the youngest, one of the youngest uh, children, right? And I'm the youngest, okay? The second similarity is, he is the favorite child, all right? And I'm pretty sure I'm the favorite child, all right? And the last one is, the Bible said that Joseph is good-looking. And my mother said, I'm good-looking. So, three similarities, all right? Um... I grew up uh, from a middle-class family in Barangay Sukat, Muntinlupa City, and you know I'm the youngest of four kids. Uh, from our family is actually what we call a broken family. You know, I was raised by a single mother, and you know I in the place where we lived in, it's a place where if you do not strive in school, you could easily get stuck in that environment. All right, it's so hard to get out there unless you really persevere. Um, growing up, I, I was raised in the Methodist Church. So early on, you know, I, um, uh, I was going to Sunday school. I go through a vacation Bible school. So I am a Christian at a very young age. You know, I've, I have accepted Christ so many times. I don't even remember how many times it is, you know, like in different retreats and all that. Um, all throughout this, you know, during my childhood, I longed for a father. Um, up to my adolescence, you know, even though my mom tried her best to be both the mother and the father, you know, but of course, uh, it's very different kung may tatay ka talaga growing up. And um, when I met my wife, Josanne, in high school, you know, since high school pa po kami, we are high school sweethearts, you know, they had a very great family dynamic, you know, they eat together, they go out, they have outings, and I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have a complete family growing up. So I'm kind of uh, jealous of that, you know, I really wanted to have that. But I was so blessed that her father was very nice and kind, very generous, you know, I couldn't ask for a better father-in-law, he is the best. He welcomed me into their family with open arms, and he basically became my father figure. You know, the Lord provided me with someone to look up to uh, in my, I would say, the best formative years of my life, you know, because I was very vulnerable at that time. After college, Jusan went to the U.S. I stayed in the Philippines, worked here, and then worked in Malaysia. But after a couple of years, we decided to get married in the U.S. And, you know, we, we decided to settle there. We lived in San Francisco, California. All right. Both of us had great high-paying jobs, you know, because she was in the medical field, and I was a software engineer. And like I always say, for software engineers, you know, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, that's the place to be, okay? You don't want to be anywhere else, okay? Um, though, oh wait, where am I? Okay, yeah, we were there, and um, also Jusan's family, you know, her brothers and a lot of her relatives live in the Bay Area, live in the San Francisco Bay Area, so it was very convenient for us to stay there and really settle. You know, um, you know, we found our church there. It's a small, independent Filipino-run church. Uh, if you know uh, Brother Gary Ambi, yung sister punya is the pastor of our small church in, in California. Um, 
We bought our own house at some point. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Lord helped us get a house. We had our first child, Santi, in San Francisco. And we thought that was it. We were settled in the U.S. We're done. You know, but deep in our hearts, we had this great desire that when we grow older, we want to retire in the Philippines. Maybe, you know, work for 15 or 20 years, you know, really save up and, you know, uh, come from the U.S., go back to the Philippines and set up space here. Um, but, you know, just want to share that in our church, that church, it was very small and we were just regular attendees. Ang late na nga lang, wala pa kaming ministry mag-asawa. You know, it was, it was a small church. Um, you know, we, we are very active, but for some reason, even though we've been praying, that's one of our, uh, you know, yung uh, nilagay ni Lord sa puso namin na uh, we, will, we need to be in the ministry. But we're asking Him, Lord, okay, then put us in the ministry. But for some reason, while we were there, we couldn't find uh, a space or a place for us in church where we could be leading a ministry. Then all of a sudden, one summer day in 2014, while I was attending a church service uh, at another church, the pastor was talking about Abraham and how he had an unstoppable God. All right. And God commanded Abraham to move from Ur to Canaan, as you remember. Ur being the place to be, the center of commerce, the center of civilization, and Canaan is, you don't want to be in Canaan that time. This is when I heard the voice saying, I was just standing next to a pillar just like that uh, with no one in front of me, no one within five feet of me. And the voice just said, RJ, you are coming home. So I looked around. I was like, where did that come from? And then I tumandal po ulit ako dun sa pillar and, you know, didn't really mind it. And the voice said again, RJ, you are coming home. And that's when I knew God was talking to me directly and instructing me to bring my family from San Francisco back to the Philippines. So that was a very big command from the Lord. That night, my wife and I committed to the Lord to obey His command without knowing what the next steps will be in terms of our work and family. We were fearful for a minute. That's what I love about the Lord. He allows you to... He's telling you something big. Of course... You know, sometimes di naman tayo ready talaga na ano. He allows you that moment of fear. But good thing, you know, we, we didn't settle in that fear. And we went and said, yes, Lord, we will follow. We prayed about it that night. We sealed it in agreement as husband and wife and decided to move forward with faith. Long story short, the Lord moved the hearts of my bosses, my American boss, and they allowed me to continue working remotely from the Philippines. We sold our house and most of our belongings. And in January 2015, and this is just five months from receiving the command from the Lord, umuwi na po kami sa Pilipinas. All right, that's a big transformation for us. God set me up here to earn well uh, so that my wife doesn't have to go to work so she can stay ho at home and take care of Santi. And in 2017, the Lord blessed us with another child, Celine. If you've seen her, she's very cute. Um, and then in 2019, the Lord fulfilled another promise to our family. You know, He gave us a mortgage-free house. Amen. To God be the glory for that. So by following God's command and trusting Him completely, we may not see the next steps or the final step. You know, because sometimes that's what we want. Sigurista tayo Lord, okay, big command. But are you sure that, you know, five years from now, everything will still be okay? Or is it just 
this coming year? Lord, what happens in 20 years? Will we be okay? So, you know, we have to learn to trust the Lord completely. Um, we know that the Lord will reveal everything in His perfect time. And that's how we've been living our lives ever since. On all of this, um, oh, sorry. Let me share to you a key verse that, that relates to all this. Um, Deuteronomy 28 verse 2 from ESV says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. We heard the voice of the Lord. And when we said yes, I'm literally telling you the blessings were chasing us. Ikaw na lang po yung mapapagod. Thank you, Lord, for that. Hallelujah. All right. With regards to my job, my limited thinking focused on just myself working remotely in the Philippines. But God had bigger plans. In 2015, God used my presence here in the Philippines to help that company expand in India. And then in 2021, we expanded here in the Philippines as well, putting me at the helm of the entire Philippines operations. So, kind of like Joseph, no? Ala Egypt, di ba? Yeah. As the head of operations, I am able to share God's word to my team and become a source of encouragement. I lead them in prayer every meeting, and there's been multiple occasions wherein, you know, when they're going through something, they go to me. Like, they know that I am one person that they can go to and they can ask for a prayer. And right then and there, I always lead them to prayer. We process what they're going through, and I lead them to the Lord. So that's, you know, the Lord using me uh, in, at the marketplace. Now, remember, in the U.S., in a small church, we can find a ministry. As for that ministry that we were asking the Lord sa U.S., dito pala sa Philippines niya ibibigay. He used us here at Lighthouse, um, you know, to teach Married for Life program na inintroduce po kanina ni Latito Alex. You know, we've, we've had three or four seasons of that already. Um, we are ready to open another MFL season. We will be joining po that uh, program. So, mga married couples dyan na hindi pa nag-MFL, kawai-kawai, you know, please join us. Um, our first DJ group is about to finish their J2J. Pastor Tan, thank you for helping us out. Um, and, you know, we're ready to start a new season on that as well. We are part of FBM Core Group, Discipleship Core Group, and the LCC Elder Circle. And the Lord has a lot of things He wants us to do here. Kaya pala wala siya in-open sa US. He reserved everything in the Philippines where we are needed. You know, that is part of the bigger... It's not just work. It's not just family, but really God's work. So let me encourage... Let me encourage you and let go of fear. Let him direct your path and let him use you for the expansion of his kingdom. Salamat po. Amen. A few Sundays from now, we're going to relaunch the Men of Action Ministry and you will see again Brother RJ here. Extend your hand to this brother of ours. Panginoon, salamat po sa patutuon ni Brother RJ. A Joseph of our time, O Lord how you have helped him navigate through the many seasons of his life, from boyhood to his teenage years, to his marriage with Sister Josan, to his being a father to Santi and Celine, and now being a discipler and a servant leader to your people. Lord, in all the works of his hands, reveal your power, reveal your glory, for he intends, O oh Lord, to impact the generation that we are in for your glory, 
and the saving of many lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Impact. Can you hug somebody today as you stand up? Hug somebody today and tell that person, the Lord's vision is for you to impact. For the saving of many lives. Napakaraming buhay po ang ating aabutin. And so, as your pastor, I cast this vision for the year 2023 and beyond. Lighthouse is being called by the Lord to impact our generation with the gospel of Christ for the glory of God and for the saving of many lives. This coming February will be our discipleship month where your pastors will now preach Sunday after Sunday the whole of February. The things that we can practically do so that the rest of our lives will be dedicated to impact others. Give your loudest praise to God today, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let us pray. Lord, our 2023 is clear. And we now know, Father, it's all about you. As it has always been about you, so shall it be for the rest of our lives. We now glory, Lord, in the truth that we are the saved. We are the called out ones. We now glory, Lord, in the truth that all the painful events of our lives you have turned for the good of those that love you and for those whom you have called for your eternal purposes. So today, Lord, as a church, we come and declare that truly 2023 is the year of the Lord. And because of that, Lord, we will stand in victory. We will stand, Lord, in confidence that you who have begun a good work in us, you will be faithful. You are always faithful to bring everything to completion. And we know, Lord, that every step of the way, you are there. So Lord, today in the name of Jesus, we declare your healing touch upon the broken parts of our souls. Be it a sickness, be it a malady, be it depression, be it fear. In the name of Jesus, we are mighty overcomers, so Lord. For we have been impacted by your power and we have been impacted by your grace and Holy Spirit. As hands are now lifted up, lift your hands now. Fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill us with the power of the Holy Ghost. For without the infilling of your power, Lord, we are mere empty vessels, parroting words that will not impact the lives of others. But should you find us faithful, O Lord, and should you find us worthy by the blood of Christ, then we know, Lord, our lives will be impactful in the lives of many more. And so, Lord, as we commit to you the coming days of this year, 2023 and beyond, we declare, truly, Lord, we will live lives of impact, for we have been made whole by the Lord to impact the lives of others for the glory of Jesus Christ and for the saving of countless more. Oh, church, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. 
May the Lord make His face shine upon all of you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. Yes, may the Lord lift His countenance towards all of us. Oh, hallelujah. May the Lord grant us His peace as we impact this world for your glory and for the saving of many lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everyone will say, Amen. Give someone a hug today. Enjoy the rest of the Sunday. See you next Sunday or see you this afternoon for the 2 p.m. service.